Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. That's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's our favorite time of the week. We're joined by Joey Vitale via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joey, 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 Joey. <sighs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Joey, what's, up, boy? what's good, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I just introduced my kids to Liar Liar by Jim Carrey. So oh, it's great movie. So Fantastic. I just told Stoltz and Rivers yesterday, best line from that movie is where he goes, how's it hanging? Short, shriveled, and to the left. Short shriveled into the left. I'm telling you, man, it is it is a classic Jim Carrey. Uh, I put it up there at the top three, just underneath. I mean, Dumb and Dumber, you got to go yeah. with it. But another sneaky Jim Carrey movie, Me, Myself, and Irene, yep. one of the absolute greatest. Fun story about that, Joe. So my parents took me to see that when it was in theaters because they didn't know how bad of a movie it was. And when they stuck the chicken up the guy's rear end, my mom had to take me out of the movie because it was too inappropriate <laughs> for a 12-year-old. No, man. I'm telling you, your mom made a major mistake right there. I Listen, I got a 10, 8, and 6-year-old, and they keep rewinding the, the scene from Liar Liar with the, with the girl with the big boobs. And it's like, oh, it's just because you got big jugs. And they're laughing hysterically. I mean, this, they're literally watching it for the 30th time. That's incredible. Joey, here's a question for you. Rank these three in order, if you could. Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey for their movie catalog. Which of those three are you going with in order? Oof. I mean, from top to bottom, from I think from a longevity standpoint, consistency just put me over the edge over the years and decades. Really, Jim Carrey has to be number one. Uh, I think I think Will Ferrell maybe packs a little more punch per movie, but you're looking at a whole package. Jim Carrey's got to be number one. I'm going to go with number two of Will Ferrell, and I and I hate to do it, but I think Adam Sandler, although extremely funny. I think I think he's got to put him number three. You know, another sneaky good Jim Carrey movie, Joey, is The Mask. It's a good one. Always yeah. one of my favorites. And also remember how good looking Cameron Diaz was in that film. Great movie. Man, <laughs> she was she was amazing. I, I, that's another great movie. I kind of forgot about that one. That, that made me to throw on the list. That's next for the kids. I like it. All right, Joey. Speaking of looking pretty good, Logan Brown so far has looked good for the Blues, especially last night. What'd you see from him, and what's been your impression of the young man so far? Yeah, listen, I think Logan's done a, uh, a wonderful job in the, in the short time he's been here. You know, uh, there is always something to consider when you're talking about a player that's only been a part of one organization. He's been a part of the Ottawa Center's family since he was drafted back in 2016. So certainly a big adjustment for him coming to a whole new organization. I think it's, you know, from a personal standpoint, it is better that he's 
back in St. Louis where he is familiar and has some things that kind of come with the day-in, day-out grind of things where it's not so kind of foreign. So with that being said, I have a liked, I have liked a lot of his game uh, coming back to St. Louis over the first four days. The three days in camp, he looked really good. And then his biggest you know, showcase was last night during the game in Columbus. You know, he was given a great opportunity from his coaching staff, which is exactly what they have to do to really fully see what he is. Not only five on five anchoring that second line, he killed penalties. He was out there on the power play. There was a four on four situation. He went out there for it to, to kind of be a part of that for a minute, a part of the shootout. I mean, every facet of the game last night, the Blues gave him an opportunity for. And I thought he did very, very well. You know, was it a situation where he stood out saying, oh my God, this guy has to be on the team? I think if you asked him and asked him in the organization, they would say, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I think it was, it was a great step in the right direction. This is all about baby steps for him. And when you are looking for confidence, which according to him and Craig Berube is the number one thing that needs a change in his game, uh, that happens in baby steps. And last night was a great step in the right direction for Logan Brown. So, Joe, someone texted in earlier and asked me, you know, these five names, how would you rank them in terms of standing out to the coaching staff and chances of making the squad? They said James Neal, Dakota Joshua, Logan Brown, Michael Froelich, and Clem Costin. That was the order that I put them in. I had Neal as number one as he had five shots on goal last night. I put Joshua number two, but I had Logan Brown over Clem Costin and Michael Froelich. What are your thoughts? You know, I think that based off of what I just saw last night, and again, this is one game of what I saw out of Clint Costin. Um, so it, it's a long camp. And this is one game. There's only been a couple games we saw of James Neal. Again, it's a long camp. So for different reasons. I mean, I think Clint's got a different level he's got to get to. And I think James Neal could fall off still a little bit because he's playing very good. So it's important to kind of take these little snapshots and kind of put them together to make a movie. And that's what the whole preseason is going to kind of unfold for us. But to begin things out, we're three, there are three games in. Um, you know, I will put James Neal on top of that list, simply from what I've seen. Now, you put aside the fact that he's in his 30s. Put aside the fact maybe he's towards the tail end of his career. Put aside, you know, the, the 700 games or whatever he is right now and the, and the two Stanley Cup appearances with the Nashville Predators and Vegas Golden Knights. You know, put all that aside and put the fact that Clint Costin is brand new, brand, brand new and fresh and has lots of potential. You know, you put everything aside. Just, we're just comparing apples to apples. I think James Neal has made the best case to make this team out of camp. Now, unfortunately, as we all know, or fortunately for whoever you're asking, that's not the only thing that goes in to the decisions that will be made about who's making this team. So decisions like, well, who's younger? Who's a part of our draft family? Who, who, who has that, the potential to play right wing, left wing? Who can groom in the minors for a couple of years? Then we can call them up. So all those things kind of get into the consideration. But if you're just simply talking about hockey players and who has really stood out, I really like James's game. And this is something that this is why Doug Armstrong brought him in. He was familiar with him in Dallas. I played with James Neal in Pittsburgh for four years. He's a streaky guy. He, he's streaky like David Perron. I mean, he came to Pittsburgh when I was there. I think he went 25 or 30 games without scoring a goal. We were both laughing about it on the plane last night. But once he had that first kind of funny bounce that went in, in at, at the Pittsburgh Center, the Council Energy Center at the time, I'll never forget it. Something happened to him. He was paired up with Gino, and they just literally went on a tear for about three years where they were unstoppable. So is that kind of something in the making right now? Maybe he got a hat trick in the first game. Last night he could have scored two goals. I thought his line had the most chances with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. So that's the best case. You know, Clem Costin's a very young kid. He, everything was comfortable. Everything was kind of very, very within his grasp in Russia. Wins a KHL title. He's on top of the world. Now he's come over to a completely new country. That's, it's, it's really, really hard 
especially for a young player with the language barrier and all kinds of different stuff going on. It's going to take him time to get there. One thing I loved about his game last night, he had the energy. Maybe it wasn't manifest in the right way or didn't lead to some scoring chances. Uh, one turnover led to a goal again. So uh, the mistakes were happening, but the best part about him is the foundation of what he is going to be, that energy, that spark plug, that passionate player, the up and down, north, south, smash mouth, get in your face, finish every check. That was there. So when you consider those things, things are looking pretty good for Clem, but definitely he's looking to find a little bit more swagger on the offensive end, I think. And BK, to Joey's point, Neil scored one goal in 20 games with Pittsburgh in 2010-2011. The next year he had 40 goals and 81 <laughs> points. Not not bad. I, I think we would take that. Um, Joey, I did want to ask you about another guy that I feel like every time that I'm listening to your broadcast right now in the preseason, I'm hearing so, him doing something impressive on the ice, and that's Robert Thomas. And this is a big year for him. Last year was disappointing. I think he would tell you that it was disappointing with the health issues and then just never really totally clicking on the ice. What have you seen thus far from Robert Thomas, and does he look any different in terms of specific things that you've noticed from him on the ice? You know, from from an on-ice standpoint, I think he's gotten even more patient, which is impressive because he's already been a very patient player, almost too patient at times. You know, and I had a great conversation with uh, Keith Kachuk on the plane there and back last night to Columbus. And that's what we just, we, we rave constantly about Robert's game is that he's got that kind of personality off the ice and the same personality on the ice where he doesn't get too excited too quickly. And you look at that goal last night by McGing, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. If you, didn't, if you missed the game, look at the replay. He comes in the offensive zone. He buttons up looking for James Neal. James Neal ends up changing, so he's really out of help. And the Columbus Blue Jackets recognize that. He has no one around him, so they literally storm him. They had three guys on top of him. And instead of just throwing the puck away, which 99% of the players in the league would do or just eat it behind the net, he actually found a little bit of space. He kind of did like a little ski swivel to kind of own a little bit of time, own a little bit more time because he knew at some point the wave was coming. And he waited so long where Lane actually opened up right to McGing, right down the middle, perfect pass right on the tape, and the Blues were on the board. So that's that patient game that he's always had, and it's even gotten a little bit better. And I think that comes with just confidence and having experience in this league. So that, to me, has been the number one thing I've noticed out of Robert's game, which has been spectacular, his speed. He doesn't blow you away by Jordan Cairo, kind of that, that electric speed as he's flying down the ice, but he gets there almost just as quick as him in a weird kind of weird structured skating way, and I can't even put my finger on it, but he does get there. I think he's the second fastest player on this team right now, so his speed stands out. What's an area I think he continues to improve on? He'd be the first to tell you. He can shoot more. He can shoot more. He can be more selfish. Listen, this is a kid that has won everything by age 19. Imagine this, guys. Imagine you're 19 years old, and you've won every title possible in the sport you try to perfect your whole life. I mean, that, that's crazy. It's crazy to think that. So I say that because there, there is so much more, more growth to come for him, but he's just such a confident player in what he's always done and winning every championship, and that's been a playmaker. He did it in junior. He did it in the Stanley Cup run. So that's what he's really, really comfortable with. But as we know, and Ryan O'Reilly, he always says it perfectly, the idea of, of continuing to grow as a player is you have to always be improving your game and improv, improvisating your game, if that's, if that's a word, but kind of adjusting your game on the go. And that's something that Robert's learning. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I think for him to be a little bit more selfish at times and maybe instead of look for the pass, maybe go for the shot. I think that's going to kind of open up everything for his line mates and first team. And that's to me is another level that he is looking to get to this year. 
Joe, final one from me. We've talked a lot about Scott Perunovich and his first two games. I thought he has looked one of the best players on the ice on the defensive side, just for his puck decisions. But we saw Jake Wallman last night. What are your thoughts? Because it does seem like that's the internal competition right now for a spot. Yeah, I think that, you know, you're looking at those two players right there, Alex, and I would agree. I think that 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 bottom hole on the left side is an area they're going to look to see who's going to fill that. I would throw Nico Mikula in the mix as well. They tried him at the right. He's played both sides. But I think that that left shot defenseman on that bottom pair is is the spot open. And I look at Nico Mikula, Jake Wallman, and then as you mentioned, Scott Prunovich. Those are the three main ones that are auditioning for that. Very different types of players. They all offer very, very different things. Uh, Nico Mikula is someone that you know you can put in there. He's going to play that big, hard, heavy-nosed game, much like Colton Pareko. And then the other two are more kind of that offensive thought-minded. But the two diff- the difference between Wallman and Perunovic um, is that Wallman is a bit seasoned. He's coming off his best year in the National Hockey League. It was kind of his breakout year last year, so he's coming in with confidence, scored that goal last night. Uh, he's starting to defend way better. He's learned through playing four years in the minors that you've got to be responsible for the puck and you have to step over the boards. And your coach has to trust you that you're going to make the right play, and he's really starting to do that. So that's the advantage for Jake Wallman, I think, over Perunovic. Prunovich has not played hockey in a very long time. Listen, he was COVID right after he won the Hobie Baker, and then he had shoulder surgery. It's been a long time since this young kid, and he is young, that he's played hockey. What do I think is going to happen? I think it's Jake Wallman's spot. I think Scott Prunovich is going to need some games in the minors. I think he's going to spend some time in the minors. He's going to be extremely good in the minors. He's going to have a boatload of points on the power play. He's going to be great on the offensive side of the thing. And that's where the confidence is going to start to come. And then they're going to call him up, and it's just going to explode. But I'm telling you from a potential standpoint, Scott Prunovich looks so much like Quinn Hughes. It is, it is insane. I mean, Chris Kerber on the call a couple nights ago, we kept calling him Tory Krug on the power play, and I kept hitting him. I'm like, listen, it's not Krug, it's Prunovich. But the point was, he looks so much like Krug, the way he moves his hips and the way he gets out of trouble. And you think he's cornered, but then he escapes it and he finds that lane. I mean, that pass on the uh, Bucinevich goal, that just sums him up. I mean, he's looking one way and kind of makes a slap pass the other way. That's the creativity of him. And I think if he goes in the minors, plays a lot of games, He's going to come up, and he's going to be quite a player. I don't think we're going to have a Kale McCarr, but can we have something close to Quinn Hughes? I really think we can with this kid. Man, that'd be special. Quinn Hughes, I remember that playoff series that the Blues played against Vancouver. I wanted nothing to do with Quinn Hughes. I hated going up against that guy. Hey, final question that I've got for Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. I was reading a story on The Athletic last night, and it made me think of you immediately because I remember talking with you last year about the difficulties of this Blues team going through all of the COVID restrictions and how difficult that was. And Chris Wagner opened up to The Athletic about some of the difficulties for him personally and how he just he never felt right mentally last year it just it it never clicked for him and some of that was because of his struggles on ice and then it led to some of his struggles off ice and how that it, it got into his head and he was never able to get out of his own head I'm curious Joe you've mentioned a couple of times you were on the plane last night going to the game what's it like for these guys now and your conversations with them just being able to have lunches together, being able to go out for drinks together after games, how much different is this for them mentally to be able to stay in the right headspace? It's inc- incredibly important, BK. I mean, listen, Curbs and I, I, I don't know about Curbs, but I felt like the most popular guy on the plane last night. I mean, these players and coaches, they haven't seen me and Curbs in a long time. And listen, I'm not that special. And Curbs definitely isn't that special. <laughs> but um, but um, players are coming up to us. Colton Pareko, Ivan Barbashev. I mean, players just coming up and just small talking. I had, a, I had a movie. I had notes I wanted to get ready for the game. I didn't spend one time on my notes. I didn't spend one time on the movie 
Then I rented because Keith Kachuk was, you know, talking in one ear, and then Ivan Barbashev came up, and then all of a sudden it was Colton Pareko, and, and different coaches. I mean, Dave Taylor came over and just chatted with us. I think, I think you know, we, we missed it a lot, and I think they missed it. I think they missed, you know, what, what it's about, you know, having the whole group and the whole team, and they understand the different pieces and parts about it, and, and they just missed the energy. Listen, last year they were playing pretty good heading into playoffs. Losing David Perron to COVID, that, that blew everything out of the water and completely changed everything. Not only because you lost David Perron, but Doug Armstrong then went to the team and said, when we're going to Colorado, pretend this is the beginning of the season. I mean, it would talk about a deflating thing as a player. You're finally excited to go out and be with your teammates, and then your general manager comes in and says, nope, you're not going to dinner. We're going to stay put because hockey is the most important thing right now. And Doug had to say that, and he had to do that. And it was actually the right decision, but the players just completely got deflated. This is a team, I'll finish off with this, and I'm kind of probably getting short on time. This is a team that drives off the foundation of what makes them successful, and that is the relationships. It's always been that way ever since Ryan O'Reilly got here. It's why they won in 2019. They're a tight team, and it's built upon the relationships that they've made. Throughout COVID, throughout the last couple seasons, it's been hard. They haven't been able to try to do that. The good news this year, things are starting to open up. Life is starting to look more like normal. And they're hitting the longest road trip of the year, right off the bat. They're going to Carolina, Arizona, then Las Vegas. And they're actually having a team bonding a little bit sooner in Colorado. So they're going to leave a little bit sooner, actually. So they're going to oh, be on nice. the road for almost two weeks. Almost two weeks. Are going to be the, I mean, this, this is where the Sods and finally the Tory Krugs, we can get to know Justin Falk on a different level. I mean, this is where the relationships are really going to kind of consolidate and it's really going to make them thrive. They're going to find their game again on the road because that's where relationships are built. And I think that this is going to have a huge impact on the culture and the consistency from which we see out of this team moving forward. I'm looking forward to it. Joey, it's always great to catch up, man. I'm happy to have you back on for this regular season. Can't wait to get to the first game. We're only a couple of weeks away at this point from that first night at Colorado. Always enjoy hearing you and Curbs on the call. We'll talk with you again next week, my man. Thanks, boys. Hey, I always appreciate it. You guys have a great week. If you love to travel, you love cool experiences, I think you're going to love Viator. If you haven't heard, Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace. They've got everything from simple tours to extreme adventures, all the cool and interesting stuff in between as well. Well, this year, my wife and kids are making one of my bucket list trips come true. We're going to Sun Valley. So we're going to fly to Sun Valley, and I tell you, the thought of bringing skis, poles, boots, snowboards, everything overwhelming. But that's where Viator came in. They made this incredibly easy. I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom, Viator arranges a first-class experience, custom ski, snowboard, and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to the condo. It's pretty amazing. Experiences are what we love most about travel. They create these long-lasting moments and make memories that will last a lifetime. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Viator.